Hello and welcome to another History Revision podcast. I think this is our third one. I think it is. And we're looking at Truman. Very exciting, gone back to America, having looked at the Tudors, so quite excited. Truman domestic policy type of um, background and question, the usual um, structure that we do. Yeah, so we're going to talk about content for a little bit. Um, kind of what was kind of going on during the time of Truman, who was he, problems he faced, and then we're going to tie it into an essay question, which is all about his election victory in 1948, and we'll try and get an argument going, hopefully not fight, um, and kind of weigh up the options as well. Yeah, okay. So um, I think first of all then, um, one of the significant elements of Truman being president is well, who is he? How on earth did he get into being in that position in 1945? Yeah, it's a pretty good question that I think a lot of Americans were asking themselves at the time as well. Uh, so, you, Harry S. Truman, S for S. S, just that, nothing. Not nothing sugar, else there. just S. S. I don't think he'd have sugar as his surname. Harry S. Truman. No. Anyway, so Harry S. Truman, um, depending on your point of view, is picked to be Roosevelt's vice president because uh, he's a bit weak. He's a bit kind of a pushover. Uh, Roosevelt then dies in 1945, longest serving president. So this kind of new shot comes on the horizon. Who No one really knows who he is, isn't there? That good Eleanor Roosevelt quote. Um, Go on, I'll put you on the spot. It is something like... Um... So Truman gets to the White House. Here we go. This is impressive. <laughs> Truman gets to the White House. Passes on his condolences. Yeah. And she says, don't feel sorry for me, for you're the one in trouble now. Something, Something like along those lines. You could have done an accent. but For you're the one in trouble no, now. No, don't, don't do that. I think I regretted that decision as soon as I said it. Uh, so yeah, Harry S. Truman then becomes president. And no one really has any clue who he is. Uh, quite a small town. Wasn't he a haberdasher? Yeah, so something a like tailor. A tailor. So he's kind of the epitome of the American dream in the fact of he's been able to work his way up and people like him. Um, he has that little bit on his table, doesn't he? The book stops here where he's kind of plain speaking. Yeah, very plain speaking, matter of fact. Spades a spade. Or a speed. <laughs> Spades a speed. Probably not called a spade though, it's like a shovel. Something like that, I don't know. Um, So yeah, kind of plain speaking, kind of not simple, that would be a mean way to describe him. But But potentially. Potentially, yeah. Um, And he takes over once Roosevelt has died. World War II is still going, so that's a major concern. Um, And then he has a lot of other problems that he faces during his presidency as well, not just World War II, um, which you'd imagine would be fairly big for him there's other major problems that yeah <laughs> such as like the cold war yeah but but that comes as a consequence of necess- necessarily what he is saying in terms of foreign policy like truman doctrine is let's be aggressive towards the communists and that is really why the cold war starts and even before you get to the truman doctrine you've got you know he's the president who drops the nuclear weapons on hiroshima and nagasaki so that and, makes a statement straight away and ends world war Two. And ends World War Two and attends the Yalta and Potsdam. Oh, no, he doesn't attend Yalta. Potsdam. He attends Potsdam. Yes. Um, where he picks a fight with Stalin and kind yeah. of goes, oh, we've got a new weapon. But I think we're going to focus more on the domestic problems. We are, we are. Um, in terms of the question that we're going to look at. We'll, we'll do a Truman Foreign Policy one another time. But in terms of domestic problems, um, I think one of the main issues is the fact that you've got 12 million returning soldiers. Indeed. And you would think that would mean the economy is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, All these but, people who need jobs. 
exactly but they have the gi bill that roosevelt had um implemented and truman continued it actually really helps in terms of um trying to prevent serious serious problems in terms of employment because um they actually get essentially a year's pay whilst they figure out what they're going to do what kind of jobs they're going to go into um they also get loans for university so delay that kind of going back into the workforce get them to uni get them a degree and then they might even go into a different job uh, as well so you're kind of saving the workforce there a little bit um but because they'd had um, price controls during Roosevelt's presidency and in his attempt to try and um, savour the economy post-depression um, that caused problems for Truman when um, you've, they've got all these returning soldiers and they've also got all this money that they've been paid fighting for World War II and pent up consumer energy as it's called and they want to spend and they want to buy things um, and some of that is due to the baby boom as well. Lots of returning soldiers, lots of romantic times. Romantic we'll phrase it times. We'll, we'll phrase it like that. <laughs> and therefore, lots of babies. So they need to buy lots of baby things as well. Um, but the problem is, supply can't keep up with demand. Yeah, and you've got that difficulty of going from a wartime economy to a peacetime economy as well of all that production that they've been able to take advantage of during world war ii all those european markets that had been pretty much destroyed america didn't have that so they got to take advantage of that but there is a difficulty after world war ii or or, or an uncertainty as to what the economy how it will work um you know is there going to be another worldwide depression like there was after world war one so you've got the supply not being able to keep up with demand so a consequence of that is business owners are like yes we can take the price controls off we're not at war anymore Mm -hmm. let's charge absolutely loads but still pay our workers the same rubbish wage they were paying before so that meant that um inflation was really really high because there wasn't enough um produce being made to keep up with demand but also then strikes start happening because Mm. workers don't feel that it's fair that their business owners are able to charge so much money yet they're not seeing any of that profit yeah um and that's probably one of the biggest issues for truman you've also got the divisions uh for truman of once he becomes president after world war ii um, one of the questions that we saw in the textbook and actually AQA talks about it of a divided society and there's so many divides in America after World War Two, whether it be kind of social divides or geographical between North and South and that kind of difficulty but I suppose your major one would be kind of civil rights at that stage as well and World War Two stimulates the civil rights movements to an extent gets the kind of ball moving a little bit and you see membership of like NAACP going up to 450,000, which kind of shows you that people are frustrated with the lack of change in America, um, especially given the the devastation of World War II. Yeah, and I guess for Truman then, he's got to really weigh up his options. He knows that he's not got a popular mandate and he, but he is a democratic um, president so he's got to think about well if my voting public are the workers I can't really be in favour of the business owners I can't really support them increasing the, the prices um, but also civil rights is something that hasn't been put on the political mm-hmm. agenda is that going to alienate my party especially with Dixiecrats you know that division that's come out in the Democrat party of these kind of hardline southern politicians who want no change to civil rights whatsoever so he's kind of in a rock and a hard place yeah and i think that ties in well in terms of the the election as well because the dixiecrats are really really weakening his opportunity to win because they've broken away they are representing the segregated south and wanting to maintain the segregated south and not wanting civil rights um so 
you've got that then you've got the fact that when the workers are striking he would like to support them um but at the same time it's really slowing down and it's becoming a real issue so he ends up losing um the the midterms and it just becomes harder and harder for him to really do anything because he doesn't have control of congress um to the point where you have the taft hartley act passed which he vetoes but it gets passed Mm. despite that so that looks really bad on him he looks really really weak and the taft hartley act is really detrimental to workers and um put gives them very little power in terms of striking um including eight day cooling off period um and therefore really he can essentially make people go to work and that's not something he really wants to be in favor of being a Mm. democrat president so um, it doesn't look good for him at this time. He really doesn't look like he's got control. Brilliant, right. So Ooh. I guess the election, therefore, is particularly key. Yeah, so kind of talking about all the problems that Truman faced of, you know, the 48 election, loads of people are kind of even surprised, first of all, that he wins. Um, you might remember, if you've looked through your booklet or through a textbook, there is that wonderful picture of Truman posing with a newspaper saying that he's lost the election. Um, so, you know, getting to that 1948 election, I don't think many people, including Truman himself, kind of thought that he was going to win that election. Yeah. Right. So the question we found is Truman's election victory in 1948 was the result of Republican failings. Now, that is just a joy of a question. I think it's actually a nice one. But mm. I think when we first look at this in AS um, in lower six, you're a bit more ah, sounds mm. scary because Republican failings means politics. I don't know anything about politics or government, and I'm scared I'm not going to answer it. But actually, it's a pretty nice one. Yeah, and it's a good opportunity for you to practice your introduction skills. Obviously, tearing apart the question, looking at it. Well, what's going to be important in this? Obviously, you're kind of talking about the fact that the 1948 election victory was a major shock. Yeah. Um, considering a lot of those things that we were just yeah. talking about, all those problems that he's got, he's not had um, control of Congress. So the fact that he wins it is astonishing. Yeah. So let's start with the idea of Truman's election victory in '48 was a result of Republican failings. First things first, let's talk about his Republican opponent, a guy called Thomas Dewey. Yeah, and how you could argue that he is one of the elements of the Republican failings. He is, and his election campaign is poor to say the least. He doesn't really travel around. He's overly confident that he's going to win that election, which means he just kind of is, is just boring. Yeah, he's arrogant and Truman's more of the underdog and Americans love an underdog. Yeah. He has got a lot of qualities that people liked in him, but the fact that he practically thought he'd already won it meant yeah. that it was a missed opportunity on his part yeah and i believe uh, during the election campaign it doesn't he stay up in the north he doesn't even travel around across the country mm. he stays in one place so confident that he's beaten truman um you know the idea being that he doesn't feel he needs to in the first place as well we could then kind of challenge that argument and go well actually that also helps not only did thomas dewey run a rubbish election campaign truman's election campaign was particularly strong um while dewey stayed around in the north truman goes on a whistle stop tour around america visiting farms barns <laughs> farms barns, farms, and, barns and, cars. and cars or something like this as well um something like 50,000 miles something like that along those lines that he travels around he's exhausted he speaks to people he shakes hands he probably kisses babies the idea being he's seen as a a regular joe type character and again being the underdog 
going around and speaking to people. He does seem like a man's man type situation. Yeah. He brings his family with him. He introduces them. Um, he stumbles on his speeches and people just find it really endearing. Yeah. He's a bit rubbish. A bit rubbish, but, but great at the same time. Endearing, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the other aspects that you could then go into that you can also talk about, which links well into the idea of Republican failings, is the fact that their Congress, he calls the do-nothing Congress mm. in his election campaign. So he also is one of the first um, people in an election campaign to really rubbish mm. their opponent and really badmouth them and highlights their failings being, well, you know, we've had them for two years, I want to get this passed and I can't. Yeah. Um, and he's able to highlight that by actually calling them back in during mm. his election um, campaign and says, right, let's see then, are you going to pass anything? And they don't. So therefore proving his point yeah. um, that they are a do-nothing Congress. Yeah, and I think that ties into people's frustrations as well. If you're thinking in 1948, people want to move things on quite a lot and they, if he can blame it on someone, why not blame it on Congress? And when they're called back and they don't do anything that's proof for a lot of people that actually they have been holding him back from being able to pass anything such as like the like we were talking about before in terms of um not helping him pass anything in his fair deal not helping him pass anything that's or or vetoing a lot of things that he was in favor of yeah and again so we can go from the do nothing congress and kind of bad mouthing his opponents to then also well truman did deserve that victory because of the election promises he makes he almost manipulates the the weaknesses of congress to then make these promises saying well if congress were able to pass them i'd pass my things like the fair deal um whereby he says you know it's going to be better there'll be housing there'll be education i just can't get it passed because congress are blocking it left right and center yeah exactly um, and then that kind of you can also then follows on again to say another Republican failings then is in terms of the fact that their Congress, like we said before, isn't doing anything, but also their um, priorities are very different mm. to Truman. Truman has found a good ally, I guess, in terms of supporting ally. Ally, <laughs> who's she? Well, <laughs> indeed. Um, in terms of putting civil rights on the agenda yeah and you've got kind of part of the fair deal is it's so vague that it incorporates different groups and you could say it shows support for civil rights but at the same time it doesn't um he's really kind of trying to be inclusive with the fair deal which means things like your farmers your workers engage with it and go actually this does sound like a fair deal this is something we want um that the republicans have been blocking yeah um and that also again ties into the idea that um, he'd veto the Taft-Hartley Act so that again reinforces the idea to workers that he is in their favour mm. and again that was the fault of the Republicans for not supporting the workers and African Americans would be like yes and they are not in favour of civil rights they have not been on our side Truman is prepared to still push for it despite the fact that the Dixiecrats have broken away from his own mm-hmm. party which shows how committed he is to it yeah. and how serious he is about it yeah and then you know you could go along the lines of well 1948 in terms of context of you've got the cold war context for this election you know it's taking place right kind of slap bang center of truman's cold war issues he's had the marshall plan uh, he's had the truman doctrine we've got that the election it ta- itself takes place in november of 1948 which is right slap bang center at the beginning of the berlin blockade yeah and he's already announced his Truman Doctrine by this point that um, you know he's going to protect any of those um, subjugated 
um, majority mm. by an armed minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and the martial aid has also been approved. Yeah, and if we're looking at successes in the Cold War, and by successes in the Cold War, we mean that they look superior, they are superpowers. You could even talk about he ended World War Two. So that plays for him of looking like a strong leader at a time of crisis, whereby he was the one who dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki of the idea being of he's a he's looking like a pretty good Cold War leader at that time. Yeah, I mean, we'll skirt around the issues of the moral implications yeah, of the yeah, Hiroshima yeah, we're and Nagasaki. Yeah, kind of Yeah, in basic. terms of this argument. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so overall, what kind of conclusion would we come up with then? I think you have to identify that there were major Republican failings in that election campaign. However, where I think you could tweak it slightly and develop the argument is the fact that Truman is able to manipulate those problems for his own benefit and Mm. use them in his election campaign. Yeah, so I think to an extent, yep, Republican failings, but also his election campaign. So don't sit on the fence too much. No. Just make sure that you're really clear about, you know, they they had made really critical errors. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, right? If you were to put the election as a type of biscuit, what would you go with? Truman's election. Truman, the 1948 election itself, as a biscuit. Mm. Something surprising. Yes, indeed, something surprising. Perhaps, um, oh, maybe a pink wafer we've had that before you can't oh have... yeah we can't have that maybe a tonics Everything... tea cake Ew, no it's delicious no but it's nice and fluffy in the middle because he surprising. wins yeah oh delicious he won well you caught me off guard there i wasn't what? really expecting well it. You what know, about truman as a biscuit I, then I, I know i really i'm gonna stick with my tonics tea cake think about it it's a very thin shell so, You're saying he's a thin shell. No, but the there's a thin shell, a facade, thinking that Dewey's going to win, but then you crunch down to it, and actually it's soft and fluffy and delicious, and uh, and Truman's won. <laughs> that is just a rubbish argument. <laughs> okay, go on then. I, I have no backup for this. I just know that he's not a tonic tea cake. No, he isn't. The election is. That's the question. So what's Truman then? What's What biscuit Ooh. is Truman? Something that's kind of basic in the middle. Okay. Tonic tea cake, maybe. Okay, no, maybe I've been... I think tonic tea cakes are delicious. Yeah. You can't use that as well. Basic. I find them a bit bland. I don't think you know what tonic tea cake is. I think you'll find I do. Maybe um, Trim is a digestive biscuit. Just boring. Just very plain. A chocolate digestive or just digestive? Yeah, maybe a chocolate digestive. It's got an added element to him. A rich side to him. So chocolate-rich tea? Chocolate-rich tea, you could be. No, because he's got economic problems, doesn't he? But aren't they... But, okay, isn't a rich tea easy... Don't they just fall apart when it comes to being dunked? So therefore... Oh, you've really thought about this. It doesn't have structural integrity. He has structural integrity. Seemingly on the surface is strong, but actually when it comes down to crisis, Mm. he is soft. (laughs) Okay. We'll go with that he is then a chocolate digestive, a rich tea. A rich tea. A rich tea. Okay. Well, on that note, I think that's a surprising note. Um, I think we're done on Truman domestic. Election. Election. Yeah, Yeah, in particular with the election as well. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for that. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Goodbye.